Man City lose here whilst they're not competing. Did get yellow carded very early on in the match for being a bit too eager coming out of her goal and taking out, I think it was Leah Carlton. But, uh... <laughs> Subscribe to the OTB Koyig pod on the OTB Sports app now. Okay, European Week of Sports 2022 takes place this month and it will be a unique celebration aimed at promoting physical activity in people of all ages, backgrounds and fitness levels. And it's all in association with Sport Ireland who are calling on you and your family to get out and hashtag be active between the 23rd and 30th of September for more information. And to find an event near you, you can go to sportireland.ie forward slash European Week of Sport. Among the ambassadors for the project and no better place to be so is Olympian David Gillick. David, you're very welcome back to the show. Hey, Richie, how are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. This event and this week is is all about, as I say, getting people out there and getting people active. And I suppose we've had no better inspiration than in the past couple of weeks and Ireland's exploits at the European Championships. Yeah, look, it's, uh, it was a great week over in Munich. Um, I think, you know, for athletics, we got great coverage. Uh, there wasn't many kind of other sports, uh, you know, dominating the media in Ireland at the time. So it was great to see... Uh, Athletics kind of grabbed some headlines. Obviously, we had some great results. So credit to all the athletes and kind of really put the sport at the forefront of people's minds. And I think, you know, it's nice to come back off the back of a championship um, and have people talking about athletics and, you know, talking about the athletes and, uh, you know, a couple of medals in there as well, but mainly the performances because, you know, the sport needs that. Um, you know, when you look at, say, kind of, you know, off the back of Tokyo, um, we haven't we haven't won a medal in athletics for a very long time. So, you know, the way the kind of the model in Ireland is, your funding is very much um, kind of relies on medals. So, you know, I think for the sport now, it's in a good place to maybe bang on the door of the powers that be and say, look, you know, we're, we're producing good athletes. Uh, uh, we're up a kind of on a rankings. We're getting people into finals and, and national records and PBs. And I think Munich really kind of, showcased uh, athletics in Ireland as, um, you know, potentially going places. Yeah, Cahill Dennehy touched upon this in the piece after the Euros um, a couple of weeks ago, where he said that the funding model that's in place for the athletes notionally is, is you know, it's, it's okay. Uh, everything like this could always be better. But in terms of the supports that are there for Irish coaches is something that is severely lacking. And that will go back to your day and even before that again, whereby coaches in this country are being asked to perform minor miracles and get people to European world Olympic level and doing it on a shoestring and doing it while not being properly funded themselves, whereas the athletes would be. Yeah, look, you know, that's pretty much the way the way it has been uh, for the last like couple of decades. And, you know, when I was coming through as well, particularly when I was based in Ireland, uh, my coach, uh, Jim Kidd was a volunteer. You know, he, um, he had a, a family of his own. He had mortgages, bills, he had a job that took priority for him as rightly so, you know? So again, when he's coaching, it was more of a hobby, even though he invested a lot of his own time, his own expense to bring me here, there and, and everywhere. And, you know, I think when you look at the success that we've had in Munich, what we really want to do now is try and make that sustainable. And, um, you know, as Cahill rightly pointed out, our athletes are, they're actually very well funded now individually when you get to a certain level and they have mm. the services that go with that, i.e. dietitian, physio, you know, all that nice stuff that you need a holistic care of an athlete. And again, you look, you know, at the facilities now in Ireland has has come on leaps and bounds with the Institute of Sport, the Sport Campus out in Abbottstown, you know, but one kind of key area, you know, which is so vital to an athlete's performance is their coach. And, um, you know, if your coach has other responsibilities and other priorities, um, you know, that 
are probably going to take more of his time and effort and, and attention. Well, then where does that leave an athlete who's preparing for an Olympics or a World Championships? And, you know, in my time, I relocated over to Loughborough where there was a full-time setup. I, I, I saw what British athletes, athletes had on the ground and, like, it blew my mind, you know, from full-time coaches yeah, there day in, day out. But also, you know, when you go to a championship and you set your blocks and you're on that start line, you want to look at other people and go, I'm on the same kind of page. I'm on the same kind of level as you. And for a lot of our athletes, you know, when it comes to their coaching, it's not um, comparable to, to other European or other world nations. So it is definitely an area that hopefully we can uh, try and improve upon. And Like I said at the start, it's kind of an opportunity now to maybe bang on that door and try and get a little bit more funding uh, to maybe put into coaching and support our coaches. So if there is training camps, if there is championships, um, is there is if there's needs there that that uh, maybe the sport can can help support that coach because if we can kind of potentially do that in a better way, well then maybe um, you know things can, can become a little bit more sustainable from a performance point of view. And athletics is a tricky sport. You know we can talk about rowing, we can talk about boxing, where like you know you know you can look at it and go maybe one coach can coach athletes because it's the same discipline of, of sorts. Whereas when it comes to athletics, there's jumping, throwing, walking. You know running long distance sprint there's so much to it um, and that's probably been the tricky thing that's maybe held back um, funding going into coaching but I think now we've shown what we potentially could do with a great crop of juniors uh, and young athletes coming through so you know I'd love to see maybe a bit of, a bit of work around that to go forward you mentioned banging on the door. I mean, what form does that have to take? Does that make uh, like official presentations to the Department of Sport? Does that mean Sport Ireland or Athletics Ireland going to the department and going to Jack Chambers and making their case in a you know slightly more formal basis than just kind of the odd column in a newspaper in the immediate aftermath of a major championships? Yeah, 100%. I think, you know, it's it's literally breaking through that door and getting them to sit down and, and, and shoving it in their face, to be brutally honest. You know, I think it's a case of, you know, highlighting what we have done, um, you know, not just on medals, but placings. Like athletics is, it's a global sport. There's, there's very little kind of barriers to entry for a lot of people. Like anyone can get out and run. Uh, and we've seen that, you know, when you look at the global kind of nations that compete in the nations that win medals, uh, everyone can get involved. And I think, when you look at that, you kind of understand that medals are they're tough to get. They're tough to uh, performances are, are tough at the high level. So the fact that we've had a good week, it's now um, that shop window. It's that that small window of opportunity to to really get in to the to Sport Ireland and and really kind of bang on the door and go, look, this is what we need. This is what we want. We're we're producing, but we need extra help and we need extra funds to do that. Um, also, it's you know getting out and looking for additional income. It's uh, sponsors. It's providing. Uh, you know, again, going back to the headlines and the showcasing of what we could do, it's an opportunity now to maybe look at kind of a title sponsor coming on board um, you know, getting a few things that maybe can directly help our athletes. You know, and we've seen other, you know, you look at the OFI, you look what they've done post uh, 2016, you know, the rebrand and obviously getting success and getting bringing the new sponsors and filtering that down to the athletes. And I think, you know, maybe there's an opportunity there that we could try Um and just kind of have additional income coming in as well, because we can't overly rely on Sport Ireland. You know, mm. we'd be foolish. We need numerous uh, streams of income um, and headlines and performances all help for that. So, again, it's like athletics isn't the mainstream sport where it's in the media week in, week out. So we few and far between kind of opportunities to really kind of beat our drum. And I think uh, off the back of Munich, we have that opportunity. You can kind of see as well that the corporate world would want to get involved with, and I hate to frame it as such, a product like uh, Irish Athletics because you saw during that week the way people who weren't necessarily household names at all, like Israel Alatunde, I think 
the likes of myself and yourself, people who were around athletics probably would have heard the name. You would have been more familiar with him than I. Um, but the general wider public wouldn't have known him. They come away a week later and Ireland's on first name terms with people like Israel Alatunde, with Rashida Adeleke. And that shows, like we talk about our athletes going back years. Like it's always people, they break through and they become like almost like a share. There's like a first name basis to them. There's your Sonia's, there's your Katrina's, there's your Thomas's, there's your Davis. Everybody knows who you're talking about. And athletics can cut through in that kind of way. And if you kind of feel that the public will is there behind them, then surely the kind of corporate cash would be there too to back them up. Yeah, 100% agree. I think, you know, the sport is so diverse. Um, we talk about equality in sport, but you've got nothing better than athletics. It's male, it's female, you know, um, there's a wide range and kind of appeal to it. And I think it's, you know, where we are now socially, um, I think athletics is at the forefront of that. I think we, you know, we've seen phenomenal young athletes coming through, the Israels, the the Rashidas, all the people that you, you've mentioned, you know, you the likes of Ephraim Gaday as well, who's got a fantastic backstory, sure. you know, coming to the country and all that. And I think that kind of, from a corporate perspective, I would like to think would like, dare I say, take a lot of boxes for uh for, for a lot of companies to kind of look at and maybe support because, you, you know, that diversity and that equality is there and it's just trying to support the next generation to come through. And, you know, maybe that's an avenue to kind of get the additional funding in to support coaches because, you know, we need to be stronger in the grassroots. We need to make sure that, like, everyone can go to an athletics track or an athletics club and, you know, not be dominated by the bigger sports because, in, in essence, that's one of the biggest challenges as well. Like, if you're a fast... Uh, runner, you might end up on on the wing of a rugby pitch because you know what? There's there's more people on the ground that are going out and like RDOs and regional development officers and stuff like that from those sports. So you know, I'd love to see a corporate kind of really come in and uh, and help kind of push um the brand of athletics, the product of athletics, whatever term you want to use. But you know, we've we've huge opportunities going forward. It's two years out from from Paris as well, where you know, let's be honest, the main kind of media begins to focus on Olympics. Um, and athletics is always a sport that mm. you know has a lot to do with the Olympic movement. You know, um, and I think as well, like everyone's every like the thing that kind of got me about Munich is when I came back after covering it with RTE, it was very much like people were talking about it. People really got into it. Mm. Um, I think, you know, the amount of people that go, oh, I used to run. Oh God, or I go up and I do my park run or I do this and I do that. You know, everybody has like ran at some point and can maybe relate a little bit to, to the athletes and, and the speeds that they're going perhaps, you know, and I think um, it's kind of tapping into that. Like we've all done PE um, and sports day in school, which involved a little bit of athletics. And I think, again, it's selling that, to maybe the next generation and and even kind of coaches of other sports that athletics can add so much to the development of uh, young sports people and and that's something that I think you know again in itself you talk about a product that maybe we could harness that again and um, just to showcase the sport in a good light and in the like just in the I guess the simplest terms it is a very diverse sport in that there's a lot of different events in it like there's short races there's long races there's throwing stuff like and there's jumping like that's a very sellable thing to a young kid to try and get mm-hmm. them involved absolutely like you know there's a lot of research going into that long-term development of uh of, of kids in sport and also kind of performance and like you know when do we specialize and all the rest of it you know and i think you know you look at the fundamentals of sport the abcs agility balance coordination you get that in spades in athletics it's it's i think the thing you know that has probably held us back a little bit is kind of that ex- accessibility to maybe a local track but again that has changed now like even in my area in dublin after 11 years of having not one track in the dunleary uh down area we've now got two you know with ucd and, and dsd and sure. um, my own club putting their uh, tracks in place like 
like that's great and there's tracks kind of popping up around the country it's just you know again highlighting that and selling it and really trying to enforce the, the good of athletics and look you need heroes every sport does and I think going back to Munich you know when you see the likes of like uh, a 19 year old and a 20 year old um you know, making finals and not only making finals, but actually challenging. Like they were up there with some of the best in, in Europe and, and beating them. And I'm just delighted that we, we got that window where I think we got the headlines and people are talking about it. It's now about, OK, what do we do now? How do we harness this for the greater good of the sport and pushing it forward? Like, is that kind of change and the, uh, it's probably going to be a yes, but is that kind of change and that kind of influx of money into sports coaching enough to make a difference towards Paris in a couple of years' time for those top-level athletes, or is it something that just needs to be put in place for the longer term? I think there is some, like, dare I say, that kind of, like, low-hanging fruit. I think, you know, there is some coaches there that are working with some of the names that we've mentioned who are very much on that kind of volunteer basis in terms of the sport. So an extra pot of cash would, would definitely aid their preparation in terms of camps, getting good good services, you know, you know, maybe going away and training with some other kind of great athletes and getting into those groups. That all costs money. Um, but again, there's a long-term play at this as well. So, you know, you're looking at kind of the juniors coming through, even the likes of Israel and, 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 and Rashida who are young, you know, you've got Paris, but then you're on to LA and like a cycle goes so, so fast. So again, there's opportunities here for that short-term kind of improvements, but also looking at the long-term, okay, how do we, whether it's bringing in event coaches and trying to kind of coordinate some of the volunteers and, and you know, put maybe it's uh, sending individuals away on, um, on, on training, coaching training, and maybe sending them over to different people around the world, to the States, and getting that insight to those kind of groups that are professional and bringing that back. Like what I'd love to see as well, that we have a program of um, um, assistant coaches or apprentice coaches. That's what... When I was over in England um, in 2012, in, in the years leading up to 2012 London Olympics, they brought in a couple of Canadian coaches who were well regarded in the world of, uh, of athletics globally. Um, but interesting what they did, they brought them in, but straight away they brought in um, British apprentice coaches to work under these people for the, like the, the three to four year cycle ahead of London. So after mm. London, the Canadians went away, but yet they had a whole crop of young, talented, um, and therefore experienced almost uh, British coaches to take on for the next cycle. And I think that's a great way of kind of that coaching pipeline, you're nurturing that and you're bringing that through. And you need obviously the funding to do that as well. You touched on the kind of diversity of it as well. It has been brilliant to see the the New Ireland effect in the team in, in Team Ireland essentially over the course of the last couple of years and, and the way it has grown from having your Gene Akpe Moses is up to Rashida's and up to Israel's mm. and, and all that kind of stuff. It is a fantastic representation and a great mirror back to the country to show what is capable in that kind of environment. 100%, you know, and it's like, like, I, I, like I'm involved in the sport and I've been kind of watching um, Israel and patience and all these people kind of coming through over the, the last couple of years and they, they're excelling at junior level and you know again you use that kind of phrase the new ireland you know yes it is and like it shows the diverse kind of like nature uh, of ireland right now you know you've got um athletes with uh, nigerian heritage uh, Ghanaian heritage um but ireland's their home and they've kind of bed into uh the local communities and you know they got involved in, in the in the local clubs and it's great to have that talent now coming through to the level where they're performing on on a European or a global level and I think again it just kind of highlights um the important contribution that these people are now bringing to to our sport and you know a rising tide helps all boats arises all boats and I think mm. when we see that level of talent you look at say 
Israel, and then you look at like we have a relay, a four by one men's team. You look at Rashida in the four by in the four hundred. We now have a four by four um uh, women's relay team who are extremely talented as well. So you know all of that just kind of success breeds success, and it's inspiring. Maybe people with who have come to this country with their parents or they're born here. The parents have come maybe from from other areas of the world, and uh, you know the opportunities that are in this country to get involved in local clubs because you know. Like the world's at their feet, then you know, like like Israel, who I know and I've chatted to him numerous occasions. Like you know, a lad that spends probably four hours on public transport to get to college, to get over to Tala to train, and then get home. Like four hours on public transport, you know, and that's his perseverance. That's uh, you know his mental attitude, which is something that stands to him when it comes to a performance, and and that's inspirational, really, to anyone, you know. And again, it's kind of telling that story because it will. 100% inspire other people to, to maybe get involved in the sport and, and, and give it a go. Uh, on Rashida, does it make you sick as somebody who dedicated their life to the 400 metres to see somebody at the age of 19 who's raced literally a handful of competitive 400s <laughs> to go out into a, yeah. a European Championship final and come as close to a medal as she did? Like that, that's almost freakish in, in how talented she is. Yeah, she she is very talented. And like she was, uh, you know, lane one in that European final, which is a brutal lane for yeah. for four hundred meters. And I think that was her sixth race um, over that distance. And again, you know, I, I've kind of tracked uh, Rashid over the last couple of years and doing ones and twos. But for me, I suppose as a four hundred meter athlete, I was like, she's going to be four is hundred is going to be her best. And you know, we saw that straight away in Oregon when she ran really fast, and then that kind of gave her the the appetite to give the Europeans a go. And you're kind of going, oh my god like she's only 19 she's now gone 20 but like even at 20 like mm. she's hitting the heights that can take kind of years for athletes to get to including myself um but it also shows the potential that she has and you know you look at kind of paris and you know people talk about oh can can this crop kind of go straight into paris and perform you, you have to look at it kind of individually and you know like the likes of israel there's other people in there kate o'connor and they have tatlon them um, like you know they have to work on making sure that they qualify because it's difficult whereas rashida is like you know she could go and she could perform and she could arguably, you know, I'm going to throw it out there. She could, you know, produce a medal. You know, she's that good. And, um, you know, you look what she did in, in, in this summer and you're kind of going like, it's, it's untapped. It's lit- she hasn't learned how to race 400 meters. And she <laughs> openly says that, you know, she's gone off too fast, too slow. Um, but it's incredible. And, and that's, I think that's the excitement around athletics. Now she kind of sums that up, that excitement that people are kind of, they're talking about these people now as if, you know, they're going to go uh, and medal. Like we used to talk about the likes of Sonia Sullivan and, um, you know, people gone before that. So like, yeah, it, it's brilliant. And yeah, am I envious? Of course I'm envious. I'd love to be 19 and going up there and challenging for medals and all the rest of it. That kind of excitement as well is really reciprocated. It comes through a lot during the, the post-race interviews that you do, like you're immediately trackside and you kind of get mm-hmm. to get an immediate, immediate kind of uh, pulse on these things. Like there is an enthusiasm, like a, a natural buoyant enthusiasm within that squad, whether they're yeah. household names or not at the moment, that really comes through the TV screen. Yeah, like it, you just get that sense that, you know, I think Israel, you know, when he kicked off, he was day one, he made that final and, 
you could kind of see the other athletes then grown within themselves. It was almost like he just set the tone mm-hmm. and people just like the likes of Louise Shanahan, again, great performance, made a final of the 800 metres, you know, all the way through to like the final day, we win a medal. You know, like this is the stuff that we've probably looked in the past and kind of went, okay, like if everything goes our way, we could have a great week. But so many times we fall at the first hurdle and it's just a slippery slope downwards then. Whereas this was just like, there's a lot of people that would have been following athletics for years and decades and their lifetime probably were pinching themselves by about Thursday going like, hang on a second, is this really happening? Um, but I think you're right. And it, it's that sort of, it's that sort of ecosystem. And like, it's a word that I've used when, when I went to Loughborough, I kind of realized that, you know, when you're surrounded by these kind of people and people who are doing really well and winning medals, you feed off that. And I think, you know, to be fair with Sport Ireland, the Institute of Sport, there is a centre where people are kind of coming in and out. They're crossing paths and rubbing shoulders with people from different sports. But again, all Irish here, um, training away, kind of getting their services. But it's that sort of ecosystem. It's that environment. And particularly, you know, in athletics, there is that now. And a lot of these juniors have come up through the ranks together. And we're beginning to see that now when they come into the seniors that, you know, the success that they've had at junior, you know, why can't we? And I love that. And like Israel's like, why can't I be the best in the world? And that's the thing that maybe as Irish people, we're a little bit like, oh, I don't know. We don't really, we're not comfortable about like, you know, saying that. Whereas I think this this kind of crop coming through are very much like, yeah, give yeah. it a go. Why can't we do it? For all the, the you know, the, the promise of, of the sprinters and some of that, it was obviously left to the old stagers <laughs> from up north yeah. to kind of bring, bring home the medals. And it was brilliant vindication for Mark English, I guess, who's had a couple of rough years and certainly Kira McGeehan has as well, uh, both in terms of injuries and in terms of form. They've they've hit lows, like they've hit very tangible lows. So for them to both come away from Munich with medals was was absolutely huge, both on a personal level and I guess for the for the entire team as well. Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, I, I suppose the headlines were all grabbed early in the week by um, by some of the younger uh, people in the team. And, you know, you look at Kira and you look at Mark who, you know, both kind of 29, 30, uh, some would say, you know, in the twilight years of their career. But in terms of their events, they're probably only in their prime, you know. And I think with Mark in particular, like, you know, I'll put my hands up. I I, I criticised Mark uh, back in the Euro indoors a couple of years ago where, you know, tactically he wasn't there with some of them. Uh, he He's well capable, tactically he wasn't. And I have to say, like, this year, credit where it's due, he was, like, ridiculously spot on with his uh, tactics throughout the whole year. Um, and it put him in in a great position. He was running fast. And, you know, that's one thing. You can run fast, but you have to be able to... Am I there? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, You have to be able to put it together in a championship environment where there's no pacers and all the rest of it. And, you know, you we were kind of tracking these over the summer, kind of going, you know what, if things go well here, they, they could get a medal. And, you know, Kira kind of put herself in, in the spotlight off the back of the Commonwealth. She got very close to Laura Muir, who's obviously world-class. Um and you're kind of going, yeah, here we go. And again, on paper, you're looking at it going, well, she's the second fastest on PBs, you know, fingers crossed. But we've been here as Irish supporters in the past where it doesn't come true. And, you know, it, they were fantastic. They really were. And again, tactically, it, and maybe that's the maturity. Maybe that's the, the stuff that's coming through at that age where, you know, it's not just about kind of times. It's about winning medals. Um, and it was brilliant. It was brilliant to see it even on the last day, another medal with Mark and, you know, Mark doesn't give you a whole lot in his interviews. You know, he's uh, he's very calculated, but, um, you know, take nothing away. He, he can be ruthless when it matters. And obviously he got that medal, which is great for the sport. He did, yeah. What did you make of Kira's PB then, subsequently, the, the 356? Um, like, that was an incredible um, achievement yeah. for her and a, a huge jump as well. 
Yeah, look, it was a massive jump. I think, you know, people would look and going to go, like, she's almost, or she's 30. It's a four-second PB. And, you know, look, there is there is a dark side to the sport and it's very easy for people who might be kind of on the peripheral of the sport to kind of say, oh, like, you know, at that age, that's a big jump. But the thing about Kira, I'm not being blindsided by the fact that she's Irish, but I've, I've obviously tracked her career over the last number of years. And, um, you know, when you look at 2019, she ran four minutes and made a world final. Then it was like, you know, the COVID years, didn't get the opportunity maybe to build upon that. You're into Olympic year in, in Tokyo where the whole focus is on the Olympic Games. And I think this year we kind of saw her, you know, been, been able to maybe kind of have a rattle at things, you know, build on what she did over in 2019. But even if you went back further, like talented junior, didn't have the easiest of transition into the senior ranks. And then it was a case of like she had success, Amsterdam 2016. Again, stalled a little bit after that and then made a decision to move to the, the UK and put herself in a good environment. And, you know, I, I think this year she targeted the championships and she started the year kind of late in terms of racing, didn't race a whole lot on the circuit. But you could see in the Commonwealth, you could see in Munich that she was running really, really well, but she was running for medals. And I think the thing about Brussels was, you know, when you're in a Diamond League, there's a, there's a rabbit, there's a pacer. So you know it's going to be fast. And um, when I interviewed her post-race in Munich, she, she kept saying, you know, my time will come, my time will come. And she was referencing Muir as well, you know, because I asked her, like, oh, it looked as if you are going to mount an attack on Muir down the back straight in the last lap. And she was like, no, my time will come, my time will come. The following day, we had a sit down. And I asked her the same thing, more or less, like, what's next? You know, are you going to continue racing? Are you going to take a break? And she goes, no, no, I know there's a big time in me. I know there's a performance. Um, and I think for her, she just needed to get herself into uh, a kind of a circuit race where she's around some really fast athletes, a good pacer. And, you know, the stars aligned for her in, in Brussels. And I think, you know, if she had, if there was no COVID, you know, over the last couple of years, she probably would have got down to maybe like um, a 58 or something like that, you know. And then obviously, you know, that would have been a two second jump, which would have been, you know, fairly kind of not standard, but, you know, it wouldn't have been as big of a jump of four seconds. So I think um, I think it's great to see she's in the Diamond League final uh, tomorrow night um, as well. So like to have someone uh, Irish um, in that level of competition bodes really well for the next couple of years. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's a great performance by her. Like, and it's probably the biggest, the biggest win of her career. Like it'll change a lot for her now because she's now kind of put herself as a really world-class 1500-meter runner. It kind of, um, when you have a, a rival like Laura Muir as well, when you have somebody that you can kind of bounce off in terms of your approach to their approach and how they attack a race as opposed to how you attack a race and then just mm -hmm. knowing that you're in around the same kind of time-wise, that, that's a kind of brilliant thing to have. Oh, it's like that's that's massive. Like it, it really is. And like they've been racing each other for years and like even on a European level, they're, they're now running world-class times. So like, you know, you could look at kind of the Ethiopians, the Kenyans, but in Europe, they're really strong over 1500. And that's kind of probably because you have the likes of Laura Muir. There was Gemma Riki before, like, he's probably not in the best form this year, but like, there's, there's a lot of talent around 1500 meters. And again, you know, it's just driving each other on. And the biggest thing, and it's like when I, I went to Loughborough years ago, and I remember Martin Rooney, who broke Roger Black's 400 meter junior record, you know, he was a global medalist at junior. And, Sometimes you kind of think, oh, yeah, these guys are really good. But when you're there and you're around them and it's like you're training with them, it's like a game of tennis. You return their serve and then slowly you're going, oh, maybe I can take them, maybe I can beat them. And that's the thing I think what happened with uh, Kira over the Commonwealth and in Munich. She got close to Muir and she knew then, you know, I'm not, the, I'm not that far away. Uh, and with the right race and obviously having a pacer and stuff like that, 
she got on the shoulder and she took off. So I think it's confidence now. And it's that self-belief that you can you can medal at a global championships. And that's mm. the thing now for Kira is to kind of build on and go into the next two years. And listen, it's um it's a really uh, good moment for Irish athletics. And as we mentioned at the top of the conversation as well, it can only get better with uh, improved kind of facilities and, and funding for coaches. But for now, obviously, European Week of Sport uh, takes place between the 23rd and 30th of September. For more information, go to sportireland.ie forward slash European Week of Sport. David Gillick, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Thanks, Richie.